to welcome Cheli Chosh Amadid, Buna Diminiata, Bemvindo. Hello and welcome. Uh, I'm sorry if I missed your language, but it's, it's great to be with you and celebrate together on our missions uh, Sunday. What we're catching this morning is a little prophetic taste of more that is to come. And just for five minutes, I want to outline some of the DNA behind the kind of church that we're, we're beginning to build and dreaming about building, and then others will pick up after me. So just some DNA, hold on to your hats. And if, you're not, if you don't speak English as a first language, that will be a strange thing to say to you. Um, if we read Acts 11 and Acts chapter 13, you find this incredible story about a church plant in a city that's now in, uh, in eastern Turkey called Antioch. Um, the, the Christians that un, until recently before then have just been in, in Jerusalem and amongst the Jews are now reaching Greek-speaking people. It's a cross-cultural church plant in Antioch. And a man called Barnabas is sent from the apostolic team in Jerusalem. He lays a foundation. He gathers himself a multicultural cultural team. He works with the apostolic team from Jerusalem. And an incredible church in Antioch is built and then in Acts 13, out from a prayer meeting they're having with their, uh, their mixed black and white, European, Asian and African leadership team, the Holy Spirit sends Barnabas and Saul, two of their best, out to plant churches from that base in Antioch. It's what we will call a hub church, the centre of a hub in Antioch. It's a, a training, equipping, praying, sending kind of church. That kind of vibe is what a New Testament church looks like, friends. And uh, we've said often uh, over the last couple of years and in our prayer times, our prayer weeks, that we are a New Testament kind of church which has a vision which outweighs our current resources. Prophetically this morning, we're painting a picture of something that we want to lean into and grow into together. And in Acts 11 and 13, we get this picture of a church in um, apostolic partnership. The church in Antioch were not on their own. Um, they were not sending on their own. They were rooted into a bigger picture, a bigger family. They had a desire not just to impact locally but beyond as well. It wasn't enough for them just to reach Antioch, just as it's not enough for us just to reach into the 100,000 plus that are around us here in Crawley. A truly apostolic DNA will always pulse and push us outwards to regions beyond. And so in, in Acts 13, we find them sending two of their very best leaders, their primary leaders, to go and plant with the same pattern that they've been building with in Antioch. They were elders in Antioch, Paul and Barnabas, but they were sent anyway. And so in our DNA, as I just give an outline this morning, at, at this kind of generous, um, encouraging, apostolic attitude will continue to form a part of the way that we plan for people and time and money and leadership development. It's how it should be in an apostolic hub church. We're building a church not just for here and now, but for further ahead in terms of time and geography. God has put us uh, in a town, we're privileged to be in a town uh, where we are a hub with thousands, probably tens of thousands from other nations in order to be a New Testament base where leaders are grown and sent to plant and strengthen other works around the world. So much of the prophetic uh, words and noise and picture behind who we are as a local church family is surrounded around these ideas of a hub church and the airport and the nations and church planting. If you're not originally British this morning, if you don't speak English 
as your first language, we want to thank you. We celebrate who you are. You're a gift to us. We're so glad that you've chosen to come and, and work out your discipleship with us, where it would be easier to go and do it amongst others that speak your own language. We're so grateful. You really are a gift to us. If you're, if you're British and you speak English as your first language, and like most of us Brits, it's the only language you speak, hey, you're a gift to us because there's a job to do and there's a town and nations to be reached. And together, as Chris's word said this morning, we begin to build something by the grace of God. Matthew 28 says, to the ends of the earth and to the ends of the age. They're the two limits on our mission until we've finished everywhere, or, uh, and until Jesus returns. Until then, we're going to continue to pray, to train, to release leaders and elders, some to serve a strengthening, growing church in this town, some to be sent to strengthen other works, some to plant in other places. So, for us, um, as I wrap up here before I hand over to others, uh, we, we're part of the New Frontiers family, our particular part we call New Ground. And uh, we, we work, just as the Antioch Church worked with Jerusalem, we work with Dave Holden and his New Ground apostolic team. We work with the, with the apostolic leading us and the prophetic leading us. I just mentioned that uh, briefly in passing a few moments ago. Um, it's not need that decides where we get involved around the world, nor is it personal preference uh, about where we get involved. Otherwise, I would have ministry in the Maldives going on right now if it was down to my personal <laughs> preference. The, the, the apostolic lead and the prophetic direction that God gives to us as a local church is what helps us to say yes to some things and no to other things, even when they're really good things. I said no to an amazing ministry trip earlier this week on a Skype call with a good friend because it doesn't fit right now the primary things that God has called us to. And so the apostolic really helps us to define who we are and what we're going after in this next season. Obviously that can change over time, but we really want to be led just as they were in, in Acts 13 in Antioch. It seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. Very briefly, uh, we probably operate on three levels, three spheres if you like. The first one in terms of how we choose where we work and how we get involved, uh, I, would, I would call level one is, is uh, in, in those places that are totally dependent on us and what we're carrying and what we can put into it. So uh, our friend Flavius, who we've planted into Cluj in Romania uh, with a small group to plant a church, right now, as a part of the New Ground family of churches, we're, we're pioneering on that. We're at the front. Uh, we're in the driving seat with Flavius. Actually, he's in the driving seat. I'm in the back seat whispering in his ear uh, with you guys as well. That's dependent on us. And so right now that takes some time, energy, finance, commitment, teams, all those kinds of things. You'll hear in a few moments about uh, what the bridges that are being built into Brazil. Right now that's a, that's a kind of tier one, sphere one kind of relationship because um, although we've been released by a new ground to pioneer this, because of our unique relationship with the Brazilians, uh, again, we need to take a lead on that. The second sphere is one that I call a friendship and support. So you're going to hear again in a moment about our relationship and our friendship and support for the Zambians. Many years ago, uh, me and Rob Coleman up in Bolton were the only ones working with Joseph and Lillian in Zambia, probably 14, 15 years ago. It was definitely a tier one kind of uh, focus for me at that time. But now Joseph leads his own apostolic sphere, many, many other churches around the UK and around the world working with him. And so it's a thrill for us just to be able to, through friendship, through prayer, and through some unique partnerships, be able to support and help him. But it takes a different kind of level uh, of input from us. Uh, right now, Italy will be the same working into Italy, working with a, a team. I don't lead that team anymore. We have a, a great team with a new ground that's working into Italy. And so our joy is just to pray and support wherever that is possible. 
So we've got these two levels, if you like. And then the third one I would call connected friendship. You're going to hear from a moment uh, uh, from uh, Dave and Ali. Uh, we could also mention Valentina and Everyday Surkov, Everyday Russia, the online church that Valentina leads. These are ministries that are not, they're not ours. Uh, they're not ministries that, that this church has birthed as such. They don't take up our eldership time. Dave and Ali, quite rightly, they lead their ministry within YWAM. Um, and Valentina, quite rightly, is working with the Everyday Churches to lead and develop the uh, Everyday Online Church. But because they're a part of us because they're an important part of this family. We pray, we support, we love, we send, we get involved. All three of these levels, whether they're dependent on us primarily, whether it's friendship and connection, or, or whether it's just supporting, praying, and encouraging, they're not ranked in terms of importance. For me, they're all the same, um, but our level of involvement will differ. Um, but they all come with the same level of prayer and care. Primarily, all these three spheres or tiers, they are primarily characterized by a prayer relationship. When you read Paul's letters to the churches, he speaks with such affection, such longing for them, such love, uh, as though these are my own people. And so with all of these that you're going to hear about this morning that we're involved in, even if you think, I'm never going to go, uh, I, I've got no money to send, I've got no other involvement, hey, if you only pray, if you only get behind in prayer, what a valuable contribution that will be, what a powerful partnership in the gospel this is. That was five minutes on our DNA. Now I'm going to hand over to Mrs. Ali Swan, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. God is building his kingdom here in Crawley and also all around the world. And it's such a privilege for Dave and I just to have a very small part in that. Um, who we are, is um, I have to go back to the beginning of this church. Um, it was started by four couples, and one of, them, one of those couples was my mum and dad. So give a little wave to everyone. There we go. So actually both Dave and I were at that first church meeting. And for over the early years, we were involved in that church, or our church. Um, but in 1989, we decided to volunteer with a, a group called YWAM, or Youth with a Mission, for one year. So we went to Thailand, we did our year, and we stayed a little bit longer. And then we moved to Switzerland. Oh, there's my mum and dad. They've been prayed over by Terry Virgo, Peter Hacker, Steve Wilkie. There, just to prove it. Okay. This, is, this was us, 1989. Um, so that we went to Thailand. We then moved to Switzerland. We stayed a while, moved to South Africa. We stayed a while, and then four years ago, we moved back here. And so our one year has stretched into 28 years, and we are still working with YWAM. Um, it was never our intention to do this. We would have laughed if, at you if you just said, oh, you're going to be a missionary. You know, it's been very much God's leading, uh, step by step. We're actually very normal people, and um, we're just trying to be obedient. So, um, okay, yes, very good. YWAM. What is YWAM? It's um, an international missions movement that was started in the 60s, 
uh, we have 1,100 locations in 180 nations. We have 18,000 staff and 30,000 short-term people each year. And YWAM is, is split into three different parts. We have training, evangelism, and a thing called Mercy Ministries, which is basically the name we give to any ministry that it works with the disadvantaged or the, the marginalized. And Dave and I are uh, a part of the international leadership of Mercy Ministries. Um, everyone in YWAM is a volunteer from the founders through to the youngest, newest recruit, which means that we all have to find our own prayer and financial support. How are we doing? Okay, very good. Uh, we have a vision, Dave and I have a vision statement, which reads, communities have a new outlook so that they can <coughs> utilize their own resources to thrive in all areas of life and impact their nation. Just to explain that a little bit, our goals are to see effective teams around the world, to see effective ministry and projects, to see the multiplication of effective leaders, and also to promote integrated mission, which is the combination of evangelism <coughs> and social action, if you like. Um, so if we go to Zimbabwe, for example, we don't go and dig wells. We don't go and treat HIV patients. Our job is to work with the teams who work with the local people. And so we want to encourage our teams to e equip the local people to dig their own wells and treat the patients and pray for their patients. So uh, our job is really to come alongside leaders and teams um, to tra with training, with development for their ministry and projects, um, maybe developing the teams. Uh, we do a lot of leadership development now. It's key to, to missions work. And also we have this uh, side of our work which is promoting integrated missions. A lot of networking, meeting with people, connecting opportunities and expertise. Um, and so our uh, involvement ranges from a, a one-off invitation to Zimbabwe through to just work, walking and having a commitment to, to leaders over a decade or more. So Dave is going to come now and tell us a bit more about a very special couple. Thank you. I'm hoping... We might be able to see a picture of this special couple any moment. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll carry on anyway without pictures. So um, this is our good friends Gideon and Jennifer. Um, they um, have been working... <laughs> hey, there we go. They have been working for the last 16 years in the wonderfully named community called Matumba Temba, which is in Zimbabwe. It took me a long time to learn how to say that, about four or five visits. Uh, when they started in this particular community, things weren't great. The life expectancy in the community was 35 years for women and 37 years for men. 
Uh, between five and ten people were dying every week from HIV and AIDS. They couldn't grow their own food. Uh, their, their livestock was all dying. Um, and they only believed in ancestral worship. Next slide. Uh, there were no churches at that time. This is what the, what the ground looked like. So uh, we first met Gideon and Jennifer in 2007. They came to one of our training courses in South Africa. And at that time, they were trying to plant a church in this community. Uh, they were helping people to buy coffins so they could bury their dead well. Uh, they were taking burial services. They were looking after tons of orphans. Um, and they were really stuck. They didn't know how they were going to carry on. So we started a journey with them. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. Sorry, I'm a little choked up just thinking about it. Um, Ten years later, um, the life expectancy is now 65 years for both men and women. Only eight people died last year. There were no new orphans in the past two years. Uh, the livestock numbers are growing. Next slide. The community has... Um, oh, sorry, that was the training course they came to. Next slide. Missed one. <laughs> the, the, the community now has their own gardens. Um, in 2017, next slide, it was the best harvest for 52 years. And so many people have come to know the Lord, they've just declared themselves a Christian community. Uh, last slide. Uh, this, this is a dam that they built uh, so they could store water in the, in the rainy season to use in the dry season. And every stone of that was laid by hand. So this is a community that have, have come together. Uh, they worked for months to build this dam as a community together. So as Ali said, our part in that is basically to just come alongside them. Uh, next slide. We have done... Training with the team, they have quite a big team now, and you can see that was one of the training courses we ran for the team. Uh, we've been able to train the local community. Next slide. You can see our wonderful classroom under the tree. Uh, we had local elders here, we had local pastors, even the bishop came, and we were able to do some wonderful training with the, with the local community. But our main role has been to walk alongside Gideon and Jennifer and give them advice and use our experience and help them walk, walk this journey. And just recently, it's been a real joy because we've been able to send them to other parts of Africa to share their story and, in, and encourage other people. Uh, last slide. So if you want to know more, that's our website at the top, or there's a page on the church website that you can look at. But I want to finish by saying thank you uh, to this church. Um, over 28 years, you have been incredible in loving us, supporting us, being friends with us. Um, it's been an amazing journey, and we, we seriously couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much, and here's to the next 28 years. <laughs>
There are now 42 children sponsored through our church in Crawley. Life is very tough in Kitway, and in the last month, two children whom we are connected to in sponsorship have gone to be with the Lord. Gabriel Nasofwa died unexpectedly, but with HIV. And Elisha Muncher died of malaria, which was not diagnosed soon enough for him to respond to treatment. Obviously, this has been devastating for the families. Please pray for them. We went to one of the shanty compounds called Luangwa last year and visited the homes of sponsored children who live in mud huts without running water or electricity. They breathe in fumes from the fire where they cook. Due to the AIDS epidemic, many children live without the provision or protection of parents. But thanks to God, they don't live without hope or joy, and God has not made us powerless to help either. Rather than create any dependence on us, child sponsorship is a short-term injection of help and hope that can be the leg up onto the ladder of development that these families need. It's an opportunity that they can find a better job and provide for their own families in the future. Already, we are putting a smile back on children's faces, but imagine where these children we sponsor may be able to take their children as they live in the knowledge of the love God has for them. They see the value of their own education and they're equipped to dream of a better future for their next generation. Alone, we cannot meet every need, but yoked to Jesus we can carry the burden he asks us to carry. Another area which Lillian has specifically asked for support has been with reading. By the time children begin school, they're already far behind with their education because they've not been exposed to books in their homes. The Zambian government is trying to drive up standards of literacy and has introduced a new reading test which the children must pass to move up to the next grade of school. But they often fail on their reading test and need to repeat the year. To support the sponsorship and help children make better progress with their schooling, we're trying to help with reading skills. Penjani, who visited last month and who works in the girls' home, has begun to teach letter sounds when children who are not yet at school gather in the week for the feeding programme. Please pray this will be well received by the children and that things will progress in this. Penjani went home from her visit with a real understanding of the phonetic approach to teaching reading and plans to run a workshop to share that knowledge with other key people she's identified as being able to help with this. Please pray that she'll be able to inspire more help and enthusiasm to improve reading skills. It's such a key skill, a gateway skill to learning and opportunity. So I've got a few quick notices before I pass over to Neil to share more. Christmas cards from sponsored children have arrived, so please can you collect them from the stall after the service? A quick shout-out to Neil Brennan, who's been asking how he can support the project and has decided to run a marathon for a Street Life project, which is amazing on many levels, so please support him. <laughs> Another cheer for Karen Edwards and Rachel Bailey, who've been raising money for Street Life project with the book club that they run, and with the money raised, have just sent a box of beautiful, culturally appropriate books to the children's homes. <laughs> Also, just to let you know that Hudson has been making some lovely jewellery, and today's your opportunity to buy this with proceeds going to the Street Life Project. And last, <laughs> and last but by no means least, you should definitely have a conversation with Bev Bevan about what he's involved with there. I sadly haven't got time to do that justice now. <laughs> if you're interested in learning about child sponsorship or other ways you can help, please come and speak to us at the stall later. Over to you now. <laughs> Thank you.
Three and a half years ago, Tracy and I had the immense privilege uh, to go and visit Zambia. Uh, and then we visited uh, our friends in Zimbabwe as well, who were very much in our thoughts and prayers at this time. Um, but our time in Zambia was a, a real eye-opener for us. We'd obviously uh, started the connection with Steve introduced Joseph to us, and he came and stayed with us earlier in that year. Um, so our, our visit out there was, was one that we hadn't expected to do at all. It wasn't the sort of thing we did. Um, so it was quite a privilege. We went out there, we saw um, some of the programs that, that Joe's mentioned, the feeding programs. Uh, we visited the, the children's homes and saw the great work they're doing with them connecting. Um, and we looked at, at how Joseph Lillian and the, the team at Dayspring have really reached out into their community, seen the needs, and were doing their best to meet them. Obviously, all those projects are not only labor intensive, they're, they're money intensive as well, um, often with funds that Zambians aren't able to provide themselves, which is why we've felt it such a privilege to be able to come back and share, along with others that have been involved in it, um, the heart that God has, the heart that he's given us to support these. And it is so exciting to see that the number of child sponsorship programs rising, uh, the, the investment and the support that as a church here and many other churches around the country um, have done in supporting some of the bigger projects. Uh, many of you may remember last year, we, uh, we coordinated a, a container full of equipment that we gathered here that was sent out, which has been such a blessing and will continue to be such a blessing for them. Um, but one of the exciting projects, which uh, I'm personally really excited to hear the progress on, is the farm project, uh, something that they've been trying to work on for many years. Um, they've had a few sort of stuttering starts, but we're now in a position where they're, they're progressing with a farm project. They have an area of land um, a little way outside of Kitway, um, where they are going to be uh, basically doing as much as they can. One of the big projects there is, is chickens. Um, they'll be breeding chickens. They'll obviously, chickens lay eggs, which are very useful, um, not only to provide uh, good, nutritious food for the, the children in the children's homes, but obviously with a surplus, they'll be able to start selling these uh, for, for money to, to invest back into the projects. Uh, obviously, the chickens um, will be growing, and they'll be able to sell um, birds for, for meat as well, as well as uh, for, for rearing again. So it's, it's a self-perpetuating project. Um, there'll be other things alongside that of growing, growing crops and things. Um, and a lot of the equipment that we sent out in the container is directly supporting the, the farm project. Uh, and what's really exciting about this is that it is uh, a project with a mission of its own. Its, its uh, ambition is to enable them not only to become more self-sufficient in providing food in the chickens, uh, the crops, and, and the eggs for uh, their own community to be able to feed, but obviously as an investment, uh, an income generator, so that they can invest the money that's made through those projects back into the other projects that they're running, the feeding programs, the orphanages, the, the reading skills with the children, and supporting the families as well that they work with. So it's quite a, an important and key project, uh, and we're really excited. Obviously, a project of, of this scale, and it is going to be quite a big scale project. I mean, they're talk, talking, we have six chickens, and that seems quite hard work sometimes at home. They're talking of thousands, 5,000 chickens uh, and growing. So it's quite a big scale project. Uh, and obviously, to get this going, it needs investment. Um, so while it's, it may seem another thing that we'll be asking for and looking for, oh, how can we raise more money? Actually, this is an exciting thing because it's going to long-term be supporting 
the communities supporting the other projects as well uh, and be a self-funding and income-generating project. So um, we are looking for ways that we can help them get this up and running. Um, they are at the stage where they're, they're ready almost to, to, to hit go and to put it into action to buy the first lots of chickens, which they'll be doing over a, a rolling period, um, to start building that and growing. Um, and we want to support them in that so that they can really get going good with all, all the things that they need. Um, Jackie's going to be coming talking in a minute about one of the ways that we can support that. Um, but we'll be looking at other ways that we can really invest in this. Uh, and again, you know, it's lovely to be able to support people that aren't able to support themselves and that we are a part of that. Um, but it's also very exciting that we can support projects that in the longer term will become more self-funding and income generating. So as we talk about this and, and look at ways of of helping support them. Let's get behind that. Um, again, let's keep praying for them. Um, a big project like this has many challenges ahead, um, and especially in a country with Zambia that doesn't always have the infrastructure that we're used to. Uh, there's many challenges they're going to have to overcome. Um, the weather, obviously important. The rain's important. Um, and management is important. So we're, we're very keen that it's structured well, it starts well, um, and starts and continues um, and, and is monitored well. So we're going to be very key in, involved in that. But obviously, we do need some investment to help support that. So that's one of the things that we'll be looking at supporting over this, these next months and years. But uh, Jackie is now going to come up and talk about some of the ways as a church that we can support these. Um, sorry, I'm going to have to read because I actually wrote down and I've dumped my brain, so I'm going to read from a piece of paper. Um, sitting here listening to people talk with passion about mission and being called to action, I would like to tell you a little bit how my journey started with Zambia. When I listened to people talk about visiting different countries to help with various projects, I always thought that was amazing and I would really love to do it, but never considered I had anything to offer to help. Um, it changed for me in 2015 when I was... Um, well, I basically felt God say that he was asking me to go, and if I went, he would equip me. Um, my first trip to Zambia, I went with some preconceptions and assumptions, which were totally blown apart. I very quickly realized it's not so much about giving and doing, but much more about imparting and enabling. Street life and their vision for their local community captured my heart. Um, going back a second time gave me the opportunity to spend more time finding out about their needs and challenges, which is how the Smile Voucher was birthed. Joseph and Lillian battle on a daily basis to make funds stretch across an ever-growing need, with less attractive costs being the hardest to meet, i.e. administration, fuel, staff costs, building maintenance. Many people do not have the ability to commit £25 a month to sponsor a child, but would really like to help when they can. The Send a Smile enables you to purchase a voucher of smaller amounts as and when you can for an amount you can afford, afford, which in turn enables street life to free up funds used on a day-to-day -day need like food, clothing, bus fares for the children. They, they are also very versatile and can be adapted for different projects, giving us as individuals the opportunity to give and be part of our church's vision to help and equip the nations in our local community. Um, we have a sample which you will, will be on the stand outside. Um, it's taken us a while to get these together. This is a, a bigger version. Um, we have categories as well, which are clothes and shoes, health and hygiene, school and education, 
and food and agriculture, of which within these each voucher will have a different picture and it will tell you what your money is going towards. Um, they will be ready in a couple of weeks and can be purchased from the church office or from Revive Shop. Um, they can also make a great gift, gift, Christmas gift, guys, if you're looking for something you know, to, to give back. Um, this is a very small um, lead out. We are hoping that these will go a lot further. We're hoping maybe to put these in some of the other churches that actually partner with Zambia. But to start with, we want to lead out on these. Um, if you think like I did, that mission was not for you, or you haven't got anything to give, remember, when God calls you to action, every little act, no matter how big or how small, makes a difference. So, uh, well done. The Zambia team are amazing. They're doing some fantastic uh, pioneering work along with other churches that are working with Joseph and Lillian. I know uh, Joseph and Lily, were, uh, we, we were Skyping this week, um, looking at a date where they can be with us again next year in 2018. So watch this, this space. Um, so just briefly, before we, before we pray and finish, I think, have you, have you guys got any more? Are we, uh, okay, that's great. So, um, Danny is going to share, yeah. Um, <laughs> two things. So, num- one, we, we talked about some of the stuff that, that we're pioneering with here on behalf of the New Ground family um, that seems to have uniquely opened up for us at the moment. One of those things is what's going on in Romania. Um, there are a number of other New Ground churches that are working into Romania that we're uh, we work together as a team on, but obviously, as we've mentioned, primarily we're we're working with Flavius. Many of you, um, if you if you've been with us for more than about eighteen months, will remember uh, Flavius, who came to do a kind of leadership internship year with us. Uh, fine young man, concert pianist, um, and uh, who has now gone back to his home city to plant a church. We've sent him uh, and enabled him. He's now uh, earning a living uh, as a piano. And, and music teacher, uh, and planting a church, which is wonderful. It's been a slow start for Flavius. We figured it might be, um, and right now we're working hard just to support and serve him. A lot of that is relational, uh, both with us and with the New Ground uh, team. Um, what that involves, uh, we've got dates now uh, through to the early part of next year where with Flavius we, we Skype once a fortnight, we catch up, ask him some questions, um, working with his plan, his call, um, his gift from God. We don't decide from here with any of these guys how they do it. It's got to be uh, the measure of faith that God has given them. But with them having expressed that, it's then the job of somebody like me to say, so how are you doing with that? And to try and help them stay on, on track. It can be so hard. We knew when we were planting churches up north for 10 years um, how isolated it's possible to become while you're church planting. That's so much more the case in some of these other nations that we're talking about and serving in, where you may be many hours from other um, evangelical, uh, charismatic church plants. Uh, and so it's really important right now that we stick by Flavius. He's just meeting with a small group still. They've had some real struggle with, with rent when Will and I were out there this time last year. They were just getting going, were able to rent some space in the, in the city centre. What a magnificent city 
Cluj is, but the, the rents have gone sky high. They've had to come out. They're meeting in a home on the edge of the city uh, right now. A little bit stuck, probably, um, but we're, we're praying hard for Flavius and for his little team that they emerge. One of the key things we can pray for is that, that they're able to um, move into a home in the city, even if they can't rent premises right now. He's looking, uh, there's a new family that have joined them uh, that have space in the city in their apartment. And uh, he's just looking at uh, and talking with them about the possibility of at least meeting in their home. Uh, once they're in the city centre, then some of the students that are around the edge asking questions about what is this kind of church begin to gather with them as well. So right now it's like a kind of prayer and worship meeting where they open the word, very simple, very free-flowing, very powerful, real joy to be with them. Uh, but we're praying for a home to open up in the city centre and that through 2018, not just a home, uh, but a bit more of a team gathering so that he can really launch above the ground and do all those things like, you know, website, church name, the kind of stuff so that if you're wandering through Cluj, you might have a chance of finding this church and beginning to connect with them uh, and grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So please keep playing, praying for Flavius. He's a dear friend of ours. We love him so much. I know that he so appreciated his time uh, of learning uh, with us still feels very much a part of us. Again, next year, we'll look to try and bring him uh, back in to have some time with us uh, and so he can speak to you himself. But uh, we, we do just want to pray for him and, and stay right in behind him. Let me hear an amen, please. Amen. 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 Well, Danny, come and tell us a bit about Brazil and, what, and the bridges that are being built there. Let's welcome Danny. Good morning. Hello, very good morning. May the joy of the Lord be with you. Amen. Uh, wonderful morning. Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Your church is a blessing for the nations already. Uh, well, around two months ago, we went to Brazil. It was a long journey, 12 hours. This is a lovely church, equipped to serve the local community and beyond. And we went in very beyond. <laughs> uh, very tiring, but great trip. Amazing. Why we went in Brazil? Uh, we understand that we are part of the Great Commission. God has a plan. You have no choice. He, chosen, he has chosen you and me. And First John chapter 2, I'm not preaching, don't worry. Uh, verse 18, he said, we are in the last hour. The time is ending. He's coming back. This is our turn now. We are part of this. This is our mission. We are part of the Great Commission. And all my life, uh, I was part of many, many different situations in Brazil, involved with church, church planters. I uh, worked already as a full-time pastor in different cities in Brazil. And when we came here, me and my family, we start to see all these and new ground and new frontiers. And we start to understand everything. And I said, wow, they need to know what has happened here because they want to know. Uh, we have some churches in Brazil who work very close with some church in the U.S., and they always ask, what has happened in Europe? How can we be part of something in Europe? And then I start to share with the church in there, and finally, we went in there. And this journey was amazing to uh, build some connections and bridges between some organizations in Brazil and some local churches as well. And we have an organization there we call CTPI. It's a training center for church planters. We start with a pastor called Ricardo in the countryside of Sao Paulo. And this pastor, his church is around 16 uh, years old. And this time they planted, they has planted around 45 churches around South America in Brazil. Only his local church. They planting all these churches. 
And then he started CTPI to prepare new pastors. It's like New Grounds Academy. And every year they have the conference. And we went there with Steve and Cass for a meeting. It was amazing to know how they work, how they work the methodology, how they work with the church planter. And they, are, they want to be part. They want to come here. They want to talk with Dave and Phil they want, and few more. And they want to be part of New Ground. They are looking for some kind of partnership in Europe. So it was amazing. And in Sao Paulo, in the very south of Brazil as well, we have some local churches. And this local church, they know you, all of you already, by the internet and Facebook. And this week, we uh, had a chat with them. And the Skype is not Skype, it's a new technology. It was a very good conversation. Um, and this church, they are there. They, they catch the same feeling, the same DNA. And they want to be connected with us here. So maybe last Next year, in different moments, we will receive a group of Brazilian pastors here, leaders here, um, different groups who come here to meet you, to be part of this lovely church. So we are working in this um, friendship. We are working this fellowship. And we are very happy and very glad with this. Uh, churches in Brazil work in different ways. We have big, big brands and big companies and big franchisings of churches, like a big company. And on the other hand, we have some churches, they want to be free. And they want to preach the gospel with a good view about the New Testament, with the Holy Spirit. And they just want to be part of a family of churches, not be part of the company. <laughs> and the pastors, they don't want to be a manager with targets. They just want to be free. And that's why they're falling in love with us here with the new ground, and I'm, I'm happy with all this. <laughs> and have, we had good food as well, and a good time in there. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great, and thank you for praying for us. Thank you for praying for Romania. Thank you for praying for Italy. We need to pray. I don't know how many times this week if you, did you pray for asking for the Lord to send the fire of the Holy Spirit of this beautiful land of England, of Brazil, or Paraguay, of, yes, and... <laughs> In Italy and Romania, please pray for this. This is very important. This is your turn now. Yes. We used to say this in Brazil in the football. The ball is in your feet now. It's our turn <laughs> to kick the ball. Uh, you are part of a mission. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. So that, that brings us to what about us? Um, as I said earlier, if all you can do is pray... Please do not diminish that responsibility. That is, one of the, that is the most powerful thing we can do. Just read through Paul's letters to the Philippians, to the churches that he's planted or caring for or longing to visit. And uh, as we said earlier, you hear this, this tone of deep affection and love and care. When we were first planting churches in the north of England, we had this idea that the church down the road was as important to us as the one that we were planting. Your people are our people. Our people are your people. And we, we feel that very much, don't we, as, as, uh, as Joe shares about two young Zambian children that we've been praying for and sponsoring who've gone to be with the Lord. We, we, we carry that in our, in our hearts. And, and so uh, can I encourage you? Yeah, what, what's our involvement? Well, you can pray. If you're part of a small group, please take time in your small group from time to time to pray into some of these key nations and people and relationships that we're working into. 
It's lovely to hear about Hudson, some of the other children are getting involved in small ways. Again, again, pray with your kids, do stuff with your kids, get maps on the walls, those kinds of things are, are, are great to do. Um, so please, it's a partnership of prayer primarily, uh, and obviously there'll be some like Brazil and Romania where particularly we're, we're looking to, to work with, with teams and travel in and out over the next year, and so we'll keep you posted about that as we go. Can we stand to our feet now? We're going to pray. Um, before we go and enjoy tea and coffee. If you want to find out more, all the ladies and gents who've spoken uh, this morning and shared this morning will be down the end in the cafe. Please grab a cup of tea and a biscuit and have a chat with them, find out some more information. If you're a guest here this morning, we're really glad you've joined us on this, this different morning. Normally, at this, uh, through this last half hour, we'd have opened the Word and done some teaching, but we felt it was really important just to share some of the, the apostolic kingdom going to the nations kind of vision that the Lord has birthed in us from the very beginning, even back in the day when they used to wear ties in church and where Dave and Ali still look and weigh the same as they did now. Uh, remarkable. Um, although they are, they, are, they are stretching the youth with the mission a little bit, aren't they now? And they, uh, someone should look at that branding, I think. Um, listen, some of you know some of the people we've talked about so intimately, you count them as dear friends. Some of, them you're hearing, some of you are hearing about them for the first time this morning. But can I encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, just to lift your voices, just to begin to pray, uh, and let's pray together. We're praying, God, God, would you bless, would you strengthen, would you increase, would you provide? All the kinds of things we pray here, can we pray them over there as well? Let's lift our voices together, church, shall we?